Welcome to episode 44 of RJ Bell's Dream Preview MLB Edition. My name is Taylor Ringel, the Griffin Warner. My co-host is alongside me, and we have a lot to break down on this final episode of the week, our Friday episode, where we recap our best bets from Wednesday. We're going to give you some weekend series spotlight, which is one of my favorite spots. Uh, what's it called? Um, I guess segments, right? Segments we do on this podcast. Friday's card. And of course, Friday's best bet at the end of the show. And of course, we'll give you two little uh, ads, important ads that you should pay attention to. One in a moment, one towards the end of the show. Griffin, what's going on, dude? How are you? I think we should call them. Uh, I don't know if gifts, as we called them earlier in the year, was better, but ads make people want to like tune out. These are like promotional items that will help you save you money or let you play in a contest that could add some significant doll hairs to your bankroll. So keep that keep that in mind. Stay yep. locked in, loaded. Best bets coming end of show as always. Taylor's getting a little bit warmer than me lately, so uh, we're gonna have to turn that around. Though we're all shooting for two and O's. I'm doing fine. Uh, best bets for our last show um brady singer finally fell off the uh the wagon unfortunately lance lynn had a good start so my royals pick was a loser uh and you took the dodgers and they are looking like they're going to sweep the giants at the giants fully knocking them out of the playoff run and i want to say i just saw some chirping with jarlene garcia at mookie Betts. so there might even be some fireworks in the last Ooh, i love some fireworks four outs of this game I love fireworks. Yeah, for uh, my, you know, I, I think I took maybe one of the easier bets, best bets of the year for me. Um, you know, I, it was I think it was minus one seventy nine, and yeah, the Dodgers, they're the Dodgers. They're good. They're better than the Giants. Um, I don't know if you guys saw today. Everybody listening, you see Gabe Kapler's interview today talking about how this is like his birthday and he doesn't like eating cake on his birthday. Like a really weird comment. And that really turned me off about this whole Giants team. And I'm a big Gabe Kapler fan, but being a hard out and not eating birthday cake on your birthday is, mm-hmm. I think, is a absolutely bizarre, weirdo, hard out move. I know it's very random, but I just need to voice that off on this episode. Well, I'm a big he, birthday he did, guy. He he did get ejected today, so maybe that's related. Yeah, maybe maybe he's just not having a good day. Maybe he's just not having a good season because the Giants. Uh, we're we're one of the best teams in the league last year, and they are underperforming this year, but. Before we get into our weekend series spotlight, I'm going to give you guys a nice promotional uh, gift to the kiddos. Griff, I, I know you love saving money and making money, so this one's right up your alley. And I think everyone else is. I love, so, I love both of those things, yes. Me too, especially with inflation nowadays in today's climate. Don't, don't remind me. In today's climate, yeah. So beat the NFL hitman. Contest $500 first place and $500 bonus. The Hitman earned a profit of 52.65 NFL units last season. For this Beat the Hitman NFL contest, the contestant who earns the most NFL units wins a $500 cash prize. If the winner earns more than the Hitman did last year, then the in this contest, then you win an additional. $500 for the kids at home and know how to do math. That's a thousand dollars cash. One grand. Woo. Enter today. It's free. Just go on the pregame.com. Click on the contest and find the NFL Hitman contest right now. Thousand dollars cash will could be yours. 
And it could be anybody's. But if you entered now before, you know, get involved. Even get involved in the forums. Talk yourself up a little bit. Have a good time. $1,000 cash. Enter right now. It is free. Griff, what is your weekend series spotlight? Give it to me. Ah, well, I thought you were going first. But I am happy to take the Braves and the Mets. Uh, Atlanta visiting New York. Um, not just for good restaurants. So probably not eating it too many during the series. But um, a big, big showdown between two teams in the hunt for the MLB uh for wow mlb yeah for the nl east excuse me all the abbreviations out there tough to keep them all straight currently the mets have a three and a half game lead uh but we got a four game series so this could flip-flop uh depending on uh if the braves can go there and win four games probably not likely but they start kyle Wright tonight ian anderson off a really good start tomorrow and actually this is a five game series never mind because they have a double header on saturday wow so we go Kyle Wright, Ian Anderson. It looks like a combination of Max Fried and Jake Odorizzi. We'll see what he does because he's been very inconsistent. And then Sunday, Spencer Strider, the the quad father, as he's called, uh, coming out <laughs> after 13 Ks in his last start. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good nickname. Uh, we got Cookie Carrasco tonight, Taiwan Walker tomorrow, Max Scherzer and a TBD. Uh, I'm guessing that'll be David Peterson called up from the minors. Would be my guess for Saturday's doubleheader. He's in pitching well, and then Jacob Degrom on Sunday. I mean, I don't know what how much better you can do than this. I'm I'm pretty pumped for it. Um, looking forward to this podcast, uh, the conclusion of it, so I can put that game on the TV and and uh, really go to town. I think the the Mets um, they didn't do a lot of the deadline or didn't do as much as we were kind of expecting, despite all that sack capital money. Uh, Stephen Cohen, just, I guess he, he wanted to trade some oil futures instead, maybe insider trading who knows. Um, but you know, it's just one of those things. The Mets have been playing really well. They're currently in the lead in, in the NL East, but the Braves have been on a charge after a really poor start to the year. I prefer the Atlanta Braves offense. It's definitely not as long, uh, but it's way more potent. I think more powerful. What do you think about the series? Five game series and you can't get better of the five-game series than this. I mean, when was the last time we had a five-game series? I know uh, it's always at max four, but with a rainout or whatever the weather permitting. Or maybe eight. a lockout, a lockout potentially having to push all these games together maybe? That could be the, that could be a, a possibility, Griff. I, I can hear it in your voice. You're not too happy with that comment, but... <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? We'll just roll right past that, ladies and gentlemen. So a five-game series, it's a monster series, a lot on the line for both teams. And I think it's just so poetic that the end of this long five-game series, you have Jacob DeGrom on the mound, his first home start in over a year. It is going to be so exciting. DeGrom's last start was absolutely dynamite, throwing it upwards 102 miles an hour. So he was on. This is going to be a great series. Austin Riley being the player of the month, absolutely destroying the cover off the ball. The Braves acquired Rosalie Iglesias, Robbie Grossman, and uh, I don't have the rest of this. Uh, Odorizzi. And Jake Odorizzi. Thank you. Good good point there, Griff. Yeah, so it was um good, good uh, um trade deadline for the Braves, but we're going to see how these um this series goes i think it's gonna be great i'll be tuned in i'll be working at wfan on friday and saturday night so i'll be watching these these games up close and personal so good good pick here Griff. i like that uh my pick 
from one team that did not do anything at the deadline to another team that did the most. San Diego Padres are going to the L.A. Dodgers in a three-game set starting on Friday. We have Sean Manaya versus Tony Gonsolin in game one. Tony Gonsolin, here's something info here. Yes, Gonsolin's record is very good. He's had a good season. His last three starts, not so great. 12 earned runs in his last three starts. It's not what you want to see out of one of your big-time pitchers in this rotation. This could be maybe a wake-up call for Tony Gonsolin and either fantasy owners out there or people that like betting on the Dodgers and Tony Gonsolin. Maybe second half could be mm, a wake-up call maybe. Who knows? But uh, also, I didn't add in the three in the fourth start, but I didn't really – fourth appearance, excuse me. I didn't really add it, and this was the All-Star game where he let up a few runs as well. So four straight outings, not so great. Game two, you have Mike Clevinger versus Andrew Heaney. Andrew Heaney has had a better season than his combined Yankees season last year with the Angels. Hard not to. Yeah, it was horrendous last year. But Mike Clevinger in his last three starts for the Padres, 20 innings has only allowed three earned runs. Clev looks like he's coming back to earth, I'd say. Uh, Clevenger, yeah, his last three starts really weren't against great teams, but it, it looks like from, I guess, the beginning of July, he's where he kind of got roughed up a little bit, about uh, under just under 12 innings, he let up eight runs. And then after that, against the Diamondbacks, Tigers, and Rockies, teams that you need to play really well against, he did that. So those kind of games are good for pitchers that are kind of been up and down throughout the throughout the whole season. So uh, I take a look at that game, and then the final game of the series here is U Darvish versus Tyler Anderson. Anderson having a career year. U Darvish has pitched extremely well in his last few starts. This is going to be a great pitching matchup. So unfortunately, we won't be seeing any Kershaw in this. No Musgrove in this one either, but. What we're going to see is we're going to see the very first time that Juan Soto is going to be facing the arch-rival L.A. Dodgers. We saw him over um, yesterday with Josh Bell and Brennan Drury. Drury with a grand slam in his first at-bat as a Padre. It was I watched the whole game. The uh, the announcers for the Padres, uh, Orsello, was talking about how... The best. The, the, I think that's the best broadcast crew in the game. I, I really do. I, I think it's... It's close, but I, I think those are the best. But um, they were talking about how incredible that crowd was. It, they haven't heard an ovation like Juan Soto's walking out to right field in years, decades. So fans are engaged. People watching at home, I think it was record-setting views last night, I want to say. I, I heard, heard that from somewhere. But. Um, just taking account a few of those notes there. Tony Gonsolin hasn't pitched well. Clevenger has pitched well. So it's going to be a great series. I think there'd be a lot of dramatics. The Dodgers, of course, the offense is fantastic. But uh, maybe we'll see a, a nice Josh Hader appearance in the ninth inning in one of these games. So uh, I'm very excited with this series as well. Yeah, I went to the series all three games uh, last June in San Diego. There are going to be a lot. There are going to be a lot of Dodger fans there. I'm sad that Manny Machado wasn't there, but I did have some Tatis. He's probably going to be in El Paso this weekend, so not likely to be available for this series. But he's coming soon. Uh, Potters are way too far out of the division, but big, big series for them. Trying to uh, get that best wild card spot that they can. Um, and you know, you. you 
you touched on Gonsolin. He also has a, a possibility of being shut down early because of a limit innings limit. That worries me a little bit. Plus, he's been pretty ineffective, um, but also hard to keep it going when you start the year 11 or 12 and 0, whatever that number was. Uh, Heaney's not going deep into games, but has been been pitching well. The the Dodgers bullpen behind him has been great. Tyler Anderson just keeps winning. He's also 12 and 1. Um, what a fantasy pickup if you grabbed him. Whereas San Diego, I yeah, I, I have him one place as well. Um, he wasn't great last start, but I think had a six nothing lead against the Giants, so that was enough. Uh, but the Padres with Manaya, not great lately, but Clevenger looking like he's maybe finally rounding into form, as you said. You Darvish, always someone I look to back. Um, Dodgers sometimes can hit him fairly hard, but they can hit anybody. So really looking forward to it. Gonna be a great series. And uh Without further ado, I'll get into Friday's card. Now, Let's there's go. a lot of games on here. Unfortunately, don't have lines as we're recording uh, about 7 p.m. Eastern on the East Coast on Thursday, August 4th. But uh, if you need me to, I will throw in some lines or I'll just give my projections anyway. Uh, first game we'll go to is Miami at Chicago Cubs edition. Uh, no starter right now for Miami. I don't know what's going on because they uh, looks like Trevor Rogers might be there, but I feel thought i don't i thought he was sent down or he has been pitching well anyway that looks like uh chicago cubs despite trading away as much as they could besides the only piece they should have traded and that's wellington castillo yeah uh, or excuse me wilson castillo there's another wellington castillo from a few years ago that played catcher uh but justin seal starting he's got pushed back a couple of days worked really hard his last start at san francisco got completely let down by his defense i'm gonna guess uh steals probably in the minus 140 150 range uh, it might be a little high, especially when you think about the Cubs. But I'll move to the next one with an actual line. Josiah Gray and the Washington Nationals traveling to the Phillies. And Kyle Gibson, who I believe is coming off a paternity, a bereavement list. Uh, but Gibson, a minus 215 favorite at home. Over-unders, eight and a half. Um, I don't really know how you back the, the, the Nationals. The prices are going to be obscene the rest of the year. But I think it's still not going to be high enough. It's like it wasn't obscene to begin with, right? I mean, I know Juan Soto is, by and large, the best player, was the best player on the Nationals. But it's going to, I think, going to continue like this. It's going to continue into the 220s, 230s, even 250s range on certain matchups here. But it just goes to show, you know, Gibby isn't that great of a starter. He's good. He's a serviceable three-starter for the Phillies, maybe even a four, depending on the day. But this just goes to show how bad the Nationals are and how bad they're going to be. Josiah Gray has pin, has pitched fairly well this season. He definitely has has had his ups and downs. But uh, with the Phillies, they've been playing a little bit well, better lately. But this is a uh, going to be, I think, an easy matchup for uh, for Gibby here. Hopefully, he can hang on a little bit. Yeah, he's he's definitely not at a perfect season by by any stretch, but I think Josiah Gray with home run troubles against a team that hits home runs in a very small park is a very bad combination. Next, we'll go to my series spotlight. Atlanta at the Mets will be game two of that series, game two of five, in case you're uh, keeping track at home. Uh, and it looks like Ian Anderson off of a good start finally when it looked like he might be demoted, Jeez. sent down, something yeah. like that. Uh, he's visiting Taiwan Walker. Current number is Taiwan Walker and the Mets, a minus 123 home favorite, over-unders eight and a half. Uh, I'm not really a believer in Ian, Anderson, excuse me, in Ian Anderson. I think he struggles too much with control and doesn't really have much that's overpowering besides a changeup. Uh, Taiwan Walker's been getting a ton more strikeouts than I think anybody <laughs> expected. Maybe that's an analytics thing. I'm not sure, uh, but he's certainly been working at it. 
And uh, I, I like the Mets here, minus 123. Yeah, I do too. Ian Anderson, yes, he's, he came off of a solid start against the Diamondbacks. He let up one hit in six innings, nine strikeouts. But the previous start was very telling on on what his season really has been. He faced the Angels on July 24th. He let up seven earned runs in three innings. He has about three good starts in a row, and then he gets absolutely rocked. He did the same thing in June where he left no earned runs against the Cubs, four against the Dodgers, and then seven against the Phillies, and then the next outing against the Cardinals let up one run in five innings. So it's he's all over the place. I think he could be a, a valuable piece for this Braves rotation down the stretch for the rest of the year. I know when he first came up, correct me if I'm wrong, Griff, he came up in like September in the 2020 season or something like that, and he pitched really well in the postseason. Yep. He, he could be a valuable guy if he just gets his act together and – it's not going to be easy getting your act together now in August when wins are so valuable and you're also going up against an arch rival. So could be uh, could be a little difficult, though. But the one thing for the Mets need to worry about is just the NL player of the month, Austin Riley, who batted, I think, over 400 in the month of uh, July. So you got to worry about that offense. Definitely got to worry about it. Um, I just... I don't know that I can trust Tina Anderson, but this should be a great series. And I got to say the Atlanta bullpen is a lot longer than it was. I think major upgrade getting Rizella Iglesias versus hanging curveball Will Smith. Uh, Smith can still do it. And I, I'm curious to see what he does in Houston. But we'll move on to Cincinnati at Milwaukee. Robert Duggar uh, had to look that up. Didn't know what the R stood for. Uh, and he's visiting Eric Lauer and the Brewers. Brewers minus 191 over under his nine. They have. Not done very well since they traded away Josh Hader. Bullpen has lost the last two games, the last two nights with multiple run leads uh, in Pittsburgh of all places. O'Neill Cruz with a cruise missile to win the game last night, and then today blew it as well. Um, I, I I'm a little nervous about Milwaukee because they were pretty thin and didn't really seem like a true contender to me. Besides that, having that bullpen, and now that if it's getting a little bit more shaky. Uh, I'm a little more concerned. Matt Bush blew it today. Um, currently, I think I might have just said this, but Brewers minus 191 over under is nine. I don't know that the Reds are good enough to kind of hang around here and go on the road, especially against an angry Brewers team. I do like Alexis Diaz in the bullpen for Cincinnati, but I don't really know how they get the ball to him, and they don't seem to want to commit to him giving him the ninth inning. So I think it's a, a pass or a Reds uh, bet for me. You know what? The Brewers' offense, I'd say in the last week, we've we've seen some big-time home runs. And talking about a guy who's actually hit pretty well over the last month or so, has it's Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro last year was a monster hitter last year. 31 home runs, 96 RBIs. And this year, he started off a little slow, but now he's kind of picked it up. 19 home runs, 43 RBIs. He's hit some moon balls the last few games. That's a good sign from a team that's a lot of strikeouts, but things are, I think, are on the up and up offensively for this team. I like William Adamas. It was in well the last few games. I think Roddy Telez had a home run the last uh, couple games ago. But you need some, this is another, another series against Robert Duggar, who hasn't had a lot of experience in the major league level. This is a time to maybe have a coming out party with the offense again. I, I think it could be an opportunity here, but you know, I think this is going to be a big factor here, Griff losing Josh Hader for the rest of the year. 
and the foreseeable future is a bizarre move. And I'll keep saying that every freaking podcast when it when it comes up. And, and I and in a lot of people overthink this, right? When you're looking into teams, you're betting on teams. You know, a vibe of a squad of how the vibe is for the team. On it is a key factor, and people have told me like that doesn't that should not matter. And I said, but it does. And the day of the, the deadline when Hater was traded, the team was in flux. Like team was just in a huge, huge, confusing mood. They didn't know how this happened, why it happened, and sometimes that could derail a team for a week or two. But usually teams are strong enough to kind of move past that. But that's something to look into for the next few weeks and see how that plays out and see how the bullpen is being used throughout the remainder of the season. Devin Williams, not, I'm assuming it's going to be the closer now. But who else do they have in that bullpen? Brett Suter. I mean, so they, they brought up – so Suter, I think, is if he's even still there. I don't think he's a huge – I'm just kidding. Like, I think yeah. Toby Milner as a lefty is involved. Uh, Devin Williams has moved to closer. He did take the they loss got yesterday. Lamette. They got Lamette and they got – I know they got um, Rosenthal. But, you know, these are – Lamette, when Lamette's healthy and, like, on his A game, he's insane. He throws really hard. He's pretty good. But we haven't seen Lamette in, I don't know, a year. Yeah, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you there because uh, they DFA'd Lamette. They, oh. they, they didn't have enough room for him in the roster, which was a little bizarre to me to trade oh, for a guy to DFA him right away because that clearly wasn't a contract thing. Uh, but I guess he, he he was allowed to refuse a assignment to AAA based on I guess his tenure in the big leagues, even though it feels like he's been a part of the team for half of a year for like five years now. Um, but their right. bullpen to me is. It's Matt Bush in the eighth inning, it looks like, or Brad Boxberger with Devin Williams in the ninth. And then they got Toby Milner as their lefty. And unfortunately, there are a lot of names that I don't know that I trust right now. Box has been pretty good for a bunch of years now, but I don't Mm -hmm. think it's been much more than smoke and mirrors. So uh, this is a team that I'm hoping will get into the playoffs and I'm hoping they're hosting a series because I'm looking to see them getting eliminated either in that wildcard area or if they somehow make to the next round. Uh, I don't really believe in their offense, and I don't believe in them. I mean, we both have them to win the division, and then this this happens. They don't make any offensive moves. It's not making us looking good. But we're we're okay for now. All it's all we'll say that we're okay right now. Luckily, now. one of us did did go with the uh, Cardinals in the uh, second half as a, a little bit of a change to win the division. So I'm just really hoping that uh, the Devil Magic in St. Louis. Uh, will come through next on the list. I'll move down from the brew crew to Colorado at Arizona. Herman Marquez at Madison Bumgarner, currently Bumgarner minus 130 home favorite over unders eight and a half. That's a pretty uh, respectful number for a good old mad bum who I've certainly joked and maybe not joked, but actually said the truth that he should have been pitching in the home run derby this year. Um, Herman Marquez hasn't been great either. Uh, the Rockies are probably worse than Arizona, but it's pretty close. And usually these two teams are, are pretty tight lines. It seems to me, uh, you back in a uh, mad bum here. Uh, I might because watching Chad cool get absolutely rocked last night. Like get, he got absolutely smoked last night against the Padres. Those nine are runs and, five innings or something like that and then the bullpen had to put a lot of work in and i'm now i'm interested to see how this uh, thursday night's game against the pods again see how that fares for them and that, that bullpen and if that happens they're already into it in the sixth inning so i mean the they're, they're right gonna now? 
they took a big lead. They're up six to nothing on Joe Musgrove, it seems, and is now six to two. Uh, Kyle Freeland gave a another good start. He's impossible to predict, I think, but um, he only went five and two thirds. So they've already gone to Estevez, who's really also tough. To, I mean, this Rockies organization, man. Uh, I mean, I would like to say I want to fade Madison Bumgarner just because he's a favorite, and I don't think he deserves to be a favorite to anybody, really. But sheesh, it doesn't make it easy. No, it doesn't make it easy, and it kind of almost turned almost like turned down my whole point because if the bullpen was worked for this game, that would be another tough, you know, experience for Marquez. If he, he needs to go a certain distance to help out the whole team here, but um, look, that game in, in in San Diego still has a chance for the Rockies to blow it, which definitely can happen. Oh yeah, definitely can happen with how bad that bullpen is. So. I don't know. Maybe maybe I might fade Bumgarner. I don't know. But at, at the same time, Bumgarner hasn't been impressive a little bit, I guess, this season. I like the ERA where it is. I kind of thought it would be a little higher than that where we're at in the in point in What's this the number? Season. What's the number right now? 383. That is way lower than I was expecting. Maybe I, thought... I shouldn't uh, be making fun of him so much. But, I, I mean, wow. I mean, I, I do think the Arizona – the ballpark in Arizona is one of the most underrated under parks out there. Cause I feel like with that humidor, they have not been able to like, maybe it's partly because the Arizona Diamondbacks aren't great, but there's still a ton of space in that outfield. I just feel like the ball doesn't travel. And if you're not hitting home runs, it's really hard to score runs today. Yeah. Uh, I, I honestly thought bone gunners ERA in the month of like hitting the month of August. Now I thought we would be around four, two or something around there. I mean, that even seems nice to me, but you know, maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe I need to give the guy a little more credit. I think um, you do. I think you do. I guess. I mean, maybe he hasn't been riding as many dirt bikes this year or something. Next, we'll go to your series spotlight San Diego at the Dodgers, Sean Manaya, Tony Gonsolin. Uh, as you mentioned, Gonsolin struggles, but currently Gonsolin's minus 151 favorite at home in Chavez Ravine. And what should be a pretty emotional day uh, as a first home game for the Dodgers after the passing of Vin Scully, RIP Vin, um, gets through Buckner, all those calls. Awesome, awesome dude, it seemed to me. Uh, And I got to say, over-under is eight and a half. Um, Neither of these pitchers have been throwing the ball well. Uh, It's a lot of runs uh, between these two teams, though, in that park. I I might take the Padres in this because of how how inconsistent Gonsolin's has been over his last three starts. And I think the mojo of the Padres going into L.A., uh, you know, you had a couple of superstars. You have a couple of big bats in that lineup. There's a certain mojo that goes along with that. And the last night's game showed the crowd was into it. You know, today Musgrove did not get it done so far as we're recording this. You never know a comeback could happen. But I really do think, you know, I know I think um, – I mentioned it before that Manaya's last start was no, yeah, I didn't really mention it, but Manaya's last start against the Twins, two earned runs over six innings, seven, struck out seven Twins. I think that's a pretty impressive thing to think about because the Twins lineup offensively is pretty hard yep. to, to strike out. They're a good bat on ball team, you know, Luis Arias and Correa and other guys in that lineup that hit really well and don't really strike out too much. Buxton's kind of on the opposite end of that. Like hits a lot of home runs and strikes out kind of uh, quite often. But I think Manaya might have a good start against this L.A. team. I kind of want to look up what the 
lineup. I'm trying to predict what do you think the lineup would be? We're gonna see Gallo in his first start, you think at home? Well, he he no, he started tonight, I think, or today in San Francisco. Um, I, I don't know what the heck's going on with that. And supposedly they gave up a player to get Joey Joey Gallo too. Fifteenth like, ranked prospect in the Dodgers system for Joey Gallo. The Yankees wow. won that by I mean, far. But this I is might, a big this is a I big might not, sorry, sorry. I might not be the biggest Cashman fan, but if he could get anything like that wasn't steaming garbage for Joey Gallo, then what a what a job. Something also to look into this in this series, but for the rest of the year, Bellinger, Muncie, and Gallo are in the top 10 lowest batting averages in the league. Gallo being number one. I want to say I saw a stat the other day. I think I think Muncie was in the eighth or something like that. But Muncie's been so bad. It's I a mean, shame. Batting average wise. Yeah. Yeah. But this is what we're talking about. Guys, three guys that potentially could be starting in a Dodger lineup. I don't I I know Brian um I know Roberts isn't Dave Roberts isn't that dumb to put three big time strikeout guys in a lineup. I know you on the other hand might have a different opinion. Because I know you are not a big Dave Roberts fan, but ah no, no, I'm not. No, you're not. But I- I'm interested to see what the lineups look like against lefty like Manaya and those big time striker guys. What do they all have in common, Griff? All left hand hitters. So maybe think about that when you're betting on this game if you're trying to. Um, of course, Betts and Freeman. Um, and uh, I think who else is in this lineup? I'm trying to think. It might be starting. I mean, it's, Gavin possi- Lux it's might possible. Start. Also, so Gavin Lux, I believe, is lefty as well. But yeah, I, I'm thinking uh, Miguel Vargas, their call up, who had a really good start, and I don't know why he didn't play today, but whatever. I guess, um, I guess there are reasons because they needed to get Gallo in there. They just really need to rush in that 161 batting average instead of this prospect that's been mashing. Um, whatever. Uh, but I mean, the nice part about the Dodgers is they're so deep. I think Chris Taylor is rumored to be potentially coming back. He's a right-handed bat. That'll p- probably be a big, big problem for Sean Manaya because he likes to throw fastballs, sinking fastballs that kind of hit right in those uh, batting arcs for a lot of those those hitters that are against him. So um, I, I understand where you're coming from. I think this could be a very competitive game, especially with how poorly Gonsolin's been pitching. It's going to be tough uh, either way. I think it's going to be a great game. I don't really know. I mean, certainly when you don't exactly know a winner, it definitely makes you want to lean to the, the underdog, especially because the odds are so high here. I just feel like it's going to be a big ask for Sean and I, I. He had a pretty good start against Minnesota. I feel like he's still got to prove some things to me, so I haven't seen enough out of him just yet. Next we'll go, uh, I guess, to the AL. Corey Kluber at Brian Garcia, uh, the Rays at the, the Detroit Tigers. I imagine Kluber is going to be a, a a pretty sizable road favorite here. Um, the Rays have been playing well. The Tigers have been selling, so not a lot more to do there. Next, we'll go to Houston with Fromber Valdez at Cleveland. Uh, the Guardians are looking like they're going to start McCarty, uh, who's a prospect, or I guess he's two and two this year, so maybe bullpen guy. Um, but Fromber Valdez, I think, is 18 or 19 quality starts in a row. In this day and age, that's like unheard of, unbelievable, but uh, the Astros haven't been playing as well. I had struggled with the, the Red Sox at home, uh, got swept at Oakland. I mean, those are some pretty bad Mars on the season. Uh, how do you feel about the Astros right now? I feel confident in the Strohs in this series. And I know I talked about how the Guardians could be a possible team to 
maybe make a wild card spot. I know I said that, and I'm almost kind of regretting it in a way, but um, you you never know. Um, you know the Astros adding Trey Mancini, who had a home run in his first in his first game. I want to say it was his first game. Um, adding a few pieces, and I think it was enough pieces because they really didn't need much. I think well, what what going forward, I think is something to look forward to to see what they do. With Christian Javier, and I know you mentioned it that the bullpen looks likely for him, but uh, I'm interested to see how the rotation pans out and Valdez as well throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what to expect. Um, I mean, hard to say with with Christian Javier, especially. I mean, they're going to the six man rotation. Or I guess sorry, the Braves are going to the six man rotation because they got Odorizzi. But getting Odorizzi out of there, maybe that is a, a statement that the. Uh, that the Astros are going to stick with Javier. I mean, he's a great arm, great pitcher, has great strikeout numbers. I just don't think he's like a, a five-inning guy. I think he'd be a much more valuable piece coming out of the bullpen. Um, though the problem is you probably can't use him for two innings in game one and then just have one day off and use him in game two. But regardless, we'll move along. Um, down down the down the ways we go, Chicago White Sox trying to hang in this race uh, as long as possible. And, and I got to say, Dylan Cease has been awesome this year. Uh, they're only two games back in the uh, AL Central, um, two games over 500. So I guess Tony Liversick should st- keep sleeping in the in the dugout. Uh, Dylan Cease at Glen Otto, currently Cease a minus 161 road favorite over under is eight. Um, Glen Otto throws from the right side. That's a good thing against the White Sox, but the, uh, the Rangers have been really struggling. I went to one of the games this week. It was pretty bad. Uh, they, I think, got swept at home by an, an Orioles team that was supposed to be way worse than them going to the year. Have been better, but then sold all their major pieces, um, but still were leaps and bounds better. Um, I just two teams I don't really want to touch right now. Yeah, the the White Sox are just it's such an absolutely just a wild team because you just never know what they're going to do each and every night. You know, certain teams, we know what they're going to bring every night. The Yankees are going to bring you a lot of offense. Uh, You have the Dodgers. They're going to have really good pitching. But the White Sox, it is – they look like a bad news Bears team or they look like a team that could be an absolute threat in the Central. It's just weird how they are still afloat with with how inconsistent they've been all year. Dylan Cease is uh, – it's a shame how he didn't make the all-star team, and that's going to go down in history f- for a long time because he's had a remarkable season. Uh, maybe towards the end of the year, you might see him in the uh, Cy Young, top three for the Cy Young maybe. I mean, he's got he's got to be right now. Him, Verlander – I mean, Cole's been struggling lately, but probably is still around that client of him. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't seen what Shane's done in the last few starts since the All-Star game. Not great. Not great. They're going to start, like, really spacing out his his starts, I think. Um, I I mean, I think that's – I don't know that anyone's really gone and sees it. I mean, Otani, though, has been so good that that maybe is the answer. But, yeah. um, I mean, Dylan Cease has been great. I think he's allowed zero or one runs in, like, five or six straight starts or some, like, ridiculous number that you wouldn't think would be possible. So, um. Next on the list, we'll drop down uh, to Boston at Kansas City. We got Zach Grinke as a probable for the Royals. Uh, Red Sox look like they're starting. Looks like Vinkovsky, um, who's Oof. not great. Should be a slight favorite, I would think, uh, at Kansas City. But I don't know how much you want to touch Boston, though. They didn't trade 
trade a lot of their guys away. Uh, only really Christian Vasquez, it seemed. And they got a lot of flack yeah. for trading away a catcher, which is insane to me, but whatever. He's probably going to re-sign with them in the offseason and come back. Uh, next, we'll go Toronto at Minnesota, which is an underrated series this weekend. Uh, no line, but Jose Barrios returning to Minnesota. And he's uh, visiting and opposing Tyler Malley, who just came over from Cincinnati. And we'll see. He's a good pitcher, good strikeout numbers. We'll see if he can uh, get away from Cincinnati and finally become the pitcher that we're all hoping he'll be. I think um, it's a good series. I think this is a good Go ahead. Go ahead. Th- go ahead. What, so what do you think about it? I think this is a pretty good series. And I love how the first series, first game of this series is Jose Brios' return to Minnesota. Definitely be a lot of emotions in this in this game alone. When I saw this trade happen last year, I was so puzzled by it because I thought Barrios was going to be a lifelong twin. I really, really thought he was such a fan favorite. He was such a beloved guy in that uh, in that clubhouse. And it's not like, yeah, they weren't great, but it wasn't a complete failure of a season where it's like, all right, complete rebuild. We're starting from scratch. Kepler's going. Barrios is going. Buxton might be rumored like there wasn't it wasn't a complete rebuild. So I was all like a very big shock to Twins Nation. All the Twinkies out there, they were kind of, ah, what the fuck? You know, why would they trade our ace away? And I, I don't remember what they got in return. I'm sure, you know, Falvey and, and Levine are pretty good in the front office there in Minnesota. But I'm, I'm looking forward to I'm going to definitely be tuning into this game at uh, 8, 10 Eastern uh, for Friday night. I mean, two teams that look like they're going to the playoffs likely might even be battling in that first round in yep. the uh, uh, if the Twins aren't able to win the division. But I guess even if they do, they still could potentially fit, fight there, right? Um, if my math is correct, because it's not – is it all just – so it's it's one division winner and three wild cards that are facing three-game series before they basically get into the the yeah. bracket. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, these this could be a preview. Um I feel like Jose Barrios was just a, a victim of the expectations because everyone was talking about him being like the greatest guy, greatest pitcher, greatest everything for so long that was coming through Minnesota and just didn't maybe get to that level. He has good stuff, Griff. He really does. Like he has a net wipeout. I think, it's, I think it's a slider or a slurp, whatever you want to call it, but that is a wipeout pitch. And that's, just kind that's of what he came up. His- that's what he came up with was good breaking stuff. I just feel like. I mean, he was so nasty in the minors that I think once you came up to the big leagues that they handled it a lot better than what he was going against in double and triple A. It just, I feel like he's a victim of, of those expectations. It's hard. I mean, if you go to a movie and you think it's going to be a 10 out of 10 and it's a 9 out of 10, you're going to feel like it's not good enough. Whereas if you went expecting it to be a 4 out of 10 and it's a 6, you're like psyched. So, you know, one of those things. Um, good point. Yeah, there we go. Pretty good on the fly. Thank you. Uh, Angels then and Patrick Sandoval visiting Robbie Ray and the Mariners. I'm surprised you don't have your Mariners shirt on today. I think it's a twin shirt if I can see it right. It's yeah, it twins, is. Yeah. Um, and Robbie Ray, despite pitching like he forgot how to pitch lately, uh, he's a minus two zero one two dollar favorite at home uh, over under seven right now. Sandoval's kind of been up and down uh, to say the least. I don't really know what to think about him to, to be honest, but um, I think from where I sit, this is a monster number on the Mariners, but they're huge. I mean, I think it just speaks to what the Angels are now. <laughs> I'm I'm looking at both of these records here, Griff. We were sitting in like May of this year, where the Mariners were where the Angels were, and the Angels were where the Mariners were. The Angels were the best teams in the league. 
we were so excited that we were going to see playoff baseball for both AL, both for, for both LA teams. And now we're looking at the Angels uh, are just a terrible squad, and all of a sudden Robbie Ray is a two dollar favorite. So it's like it's insane how disappointing this Angels team is. I understand Robbie Ray's Cy Young guy of last year, but he's been bad this year, and that's a fact. Your your ace can't have a four ERA, and that's one of the reasons why they got Luis Castillo. They need help in that rotation. The bullpen seems like it's pretty good. Um, I, I think when they get Castillo back, it'll be even better. Um, I, I'm I just need I want to I want a solid Robbie Ray start out of here. I I need it. As a Mariner fan, if, if you're a Mariner fan listening, you're probably begging to the baseball gods. Can we have just some some sort of consistency here? Strikeout numbers, of course, will be high, but we want we want good at bats. We want like good, you know, good O2 pitches. Let's throw a curveball out of the zone. Like you don't throw a middle middle fastball in O2. You know, I don't know. That's a lot. Of, I've been watching a lot of Robbie Ray stuff this year because he's a pitcher I like to watch. But I mean, it's just been disappointing. Quite. This is going to be a little bit easier uh, facing the potentially Otani-less in- Angels uh, compared to the Astros, who had everything and have a ton of right-handed hitters. So uh, I would think that if Robbie Ray is going to bounce back, it better happen here. Next, we'll go Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Mitch Keller at Dean Kramer. Uh, those Orioles, they're still fighting. They're still in it, even though they're just trading pieces everywhere every day they can. They're like leaking oil as we go, but they still win games. Uh, currently, Kramer minus 161 favorite. Probably more strikeouts than he probably had less strikeouts in his life than 161. But I guess somehow he's doing it. And the Pirates certainly aren't going to hit him too hard. But Mitch Keller gets to go to another big park and try to survive, hang around, um, and then get the ball over to the Pittsburgh bullpen, which somehow seemed to to outduel the the Brewers in the series at home this week. Um, got any interest? Over unders eight and a half. Got any interest in uh, Mitch Keller on the road here? Nah, I don't. I really don't. Uh, you know, it's nice to see that we'll see a little interleague play here with Cruz playing at a different park to see how he handles that left field wall. Uh, I, I'm not really interested in this. I don't understand the Orioles are playing good baseball, and it's uh, it's it's exciting to watch a team like this come out of really nowhere. A lot of expectations are for the next few years. No one really expected this team to stay over 500 in 2022, but um. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to be canceling my Friday night plans to watch Pirates versus the Orioles. Well, um, sad, sad for you, but uh, the Pirates are really. Uh, I don't know that our our Silver Slugger has been reaching out to as much recently, but uh, I, I feel like that the Pirates fanhood is big on this show, so you might want to uh, take that back. No, I'm not. I'm not going to take it back. I know he's listening, and we always appreciate him commenting on our stuff on Twitter. We always appreciate that. We appreciate you listening. Look, the Pirates got some talent going forward, but this series could might be tough. Hey, look, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, but my confidence goes that I think the Orioles will have a good time. It's all right. You're, you're spending your Friday with uh, Jose Barrios in his return to uh, the land of 1,000, excuse me, 10,000 lakes to short him there. Uh, last but not least on this interleague card, we have, before the best bets are coming, thanks for hanging with us. Uh, the Yankees and Nestor, Nasty Nestor Cortez. Uh, Nestor, the no, I'm not going to say it. Jim Don't Cotton. you dare nice say job. that. Nice job, Jim. Um, and he's visiting the St. Louis Cardinals and Dakota Hudson, uh, who's going to really struggle with the power bats of the Yankees. I think uh, Cortez currently a minus 141 road favorite over unders eight and a half. I would like to find a reason to back the Cardinals. I don't think I have one. 
I think the only thing, the reason you can bat the Cardinals is Arenado and Goldschmidt love hitting lefties. That's the only real thing you can be put in to convince somebody. Uh, I understand the the Yankees are they're great, and so are the Cardinals. But uh, Cortez has been pitching pretty well this year, and as of late, he's been pitching pretty well. Dakota Hudson, not that great, but this is really the game I'm looking forward to the most. I'm looking forward to Saturday night's game, and also Sunday night. Saturday night, we're going to see Jordan Montgomery facing on Domingo Herman. Montgomery's first start since getting traded against the Yankees. How ironic! Just how baseball works, right? And then. We're going to see Frankie Montas on Sunday, his first start as a Yankee since he was on the behavioral list, I think it was. Uh, he had some passion in his family, and then Adam Wainwright against him on Sunday. But, yeah, I think this this is going to be an interesting start. I hope Hopefully Cortez can get past some of these big bats in St. Louis lineup that love to mash lefties. So um, minus 141, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's just about right because the Cardinals offense is very good. It is very, very good. So I think you have to take that into account. Yeah, I think if the Cardinals can hang around and keep this a game late, I think I'd favor them if it's tied or something like that. The Cardinals bullpen's been decent. Um, but I think it's gonna be hard for Dakota Hudson to hang around unless that sinker's working. But I just feel like the sinkers is just not really a great way. Throwing sinkers to Aaron Judge just seems to go over the wall for the 37th time or whatever it's been so far this year. So uh, and without further ado, before we get to our best bets, I'll give you a, a $10 off for all listeners of MLB number two podcast. Um, I guess number one podcast was on Wednesday. So whatever. Anyway, it's an MLB podcast. Use the promo code single 10. You get $10 off uh, for any site purchase on the pregame.com website. Could be my picks, which come out every night or early morning uh, or any of the other colleagues, especially as uh, football's getting started. So feel free to jump on there. Do some if you want to buy buy something, get ten dollars off single ten. Uh, also join the Hitman contest as Taylor mentioned earlier. Get in there and, and Taylor, since you uh, you're on two wins in a row, do you want to you want to lead us off in our, our best bets? Yeah, I'm going to pick my best bets for Friday's game. I'm going to go with what my series spotlight was. I'm going to take Sean Manaya plus one thirty nine in the Padres. I'm taking them over the Dodgers. Some important things to to put into account. Of course, we mentioned Tony Gonsolin's last three starts has struggled. Twelve runs in his last three starts. Shaw Manaya against left-handed hitters this season are batting a buck eighty-five, and there's six hitters on this roster batting lefty: Freeman, Lux, Muncie, Bellinger, Gallo, and they just called up the kid James Ottman, who pitched, who hit really well in the series against the Rockies. But if Dave Roberts puts a couple of these lefties in, you might find them struggling a little bit, including the three guys I mentioned earlier in the show, Muncie, Ballinger, and Gallo, all strike out a ton and have batting averages under their weight. So when you factor all those in, Gonsolin's struggling on the mound, and with what's going on over the last few days, acquiring Juan Soto, Josh Bell, and... Brennan Drury, who had himself a great debut as a Padre. These are things to put into account. I like the Padres here. Shaw Manaya, Padres, plus 139. Lock it in. Nice. Uh, should be a great, great matchup. I'm excited for the series. Crowd will be electric. Um, should be plenty of Dodger fans there, as I already mentioned, but definitely a lot of Padres. Probably will be a sellout. It's going to be a great series. Great for baseball. 
Um, looking forward to it as well. I'm actually going to go to my series spotlight as well, and I'm going to take the Mets minus 123, Taiwan Walker. Uh, I'm just not a believer right now in Ian Anderson. Uh, one good start doesn't uh, throw me off the scent that he's been really struggling this year. I, I don't, I'm a little bit nervous about the Mets bullpen because uh, I do feel like I prefer Atlanta's, but the Mets do have a little bit of, of home field advantage with the crowd and also last at bats is a certain advantage. So I'm going to take the Mets minus 123 as my best bet. You can follow me on Twitter, the real underscore G Warner. Feel free to try to jump in there, uh, Instagram as well. But any any DMs or or ads, please come through replies. We'll try to get you feature you on our next episode. And we're happy to sh- shout people out if you come at us with some good questions or some good uh, content that we can generate from it. Taylor, you want to go ahead and get us out of here? All right, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at Taylor Ringold, T-A-Y-L-O-R-R-I-N-G-O-L-D. Same thing on TikTok and Instagram. Go follow me there. A lot of video content and just content about baseball in general. Great episode here. Follow us on social media. Follow us on the pod. Subscribe to the pod. We always appreciate your support. Like Griff said, let us know how we're doing. Give us an update. Give us your feedback. Great two best bets. We gave you two great promos, and we gave a ton of baseball knowledge for the weekend. We will catch you guys on Monday. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy listening and also watching and betting on baseball. We'll talk to you guys soon.